to BIV Today, the daily business podcast from the Business in Vancouver newspaper and from BIV.com. I'm Haley Wooden. This week, we continue our conversations with Vancouver's mayoral candidates. We're speaking to them about their platforms and why they're running. Now, we've been doing this around our Glacier Media candidates debate that was held Monday, September 17th. If you missed it, you can go to BIV.com or visit our Facebook page to watch the full debate. Now, more information on some of our other events is available at BIV.com slash events. For example, we have our Cannabis Investors Forum coming up on September 26th. If you're interested in better understanding the business and investment opportunities presented by legalization, this will be a good event to check out. On October 4th, we also have our top 100 fastest growing companies reception at TELUS Gardens. Once again, more information on all of our events is available at BIV.com slash events. Today on the show, we're speaking to Vancouver mayoral candidate Wei Young representing Coalition Vancouver. You're listening to BIV Today. Wei Young is running for mayor of Vancouver with Coalition Vancouver. She spent more than 30 years volunteering and working in Vancouver's downtown east side. She recently resigned from her seat on the board of BC Assessment, where she was for about two years. She's a former member of parliament for Vancouver South. When she was elected in 2011, she was the first conservative MP to be elected in Vancouver in 23 years. She joins me now to talk about her campaign. Wei, thanks for coming in. Thank you, Haley. Tell me why you're running for mayor of Vancouver. I'm running because we all know that the city is broken. We've had over a decade of uh, irresponsible and inept government, and it's time for change. We be And we believe very strongly that uh, now is that time, so I'm running to be mayor. In your view, what's the most important issue in this election? I think that there's several important issues that I've heard from people from all over the city. One would be certainly transportation. We are the most gridlocked city in all of Canada. We are uh, also uh, so gridlocked that, in fact, 88 hours of people's time is spent 88 hours per year sitting in gridlock. Can you imagine it? The second most important thing, of course, is housing. But we have a very different uh, understanding of that because we've done our research and we know that there's no supply issue with housing. It's really about affordability. And so we've got some great ideas around affordability. And I would say that the third issue is business. Um, You know, businesses have had bike lanes and Moby stations put in front of them and it's hurt them and impacted their business. We have also heard that there have been people that have been unable to hire for their businesses because the youth and the workers are unable to live here, so they've had to move out. So there's a whole myriad of issues around business, particularly small businesses in Vancouver that we're very concerned about and we want to support going forward. Mm -hmm. There's a lot there that I want to follow up on, but let's start first with the affordability piece. You say it's not a supply issue, it's an affordability issue. If elected, how would you handle that? What kinds of policies would you promote? Well, one of the most interesting things is that there's this myth circulating around the city that it's a supply issue and therefore we should high rise the whole of Vancouver. And that's certainly not true because we know that there's units coming online. You see building going up everywhere. The city of Vancouver itself is only experiencing a 1% population growth. So honestly, when you look at the research, we have housing until 2041. That's how much housing we have, either being built now or coming on stream. So the issue really is affordability, because 
certainly millionaires wandering around Vancouver can certainly find a home. So the affordability issue is very complex, as you know, and it's heartbreaking. My daughter, who graduated from high school three years ago, all her friends have had to leave town because they can't afford to live here. I mean, that is not the sort of thing that should happen. Vancouver should be for Vancouverites. So one of our key uh, platform pieces is that we will not sell any more city land, not one square inch. That city land is going to be for the people. The second part to that is we are going to, through a mixture of tax and zoning and incentives and policy, we're going to be promoting purpose-built rentals, such as rentals uh, for seniors, rentals for uh, workers. We're also going to be doing that around transportation hubs so that people can get around easily. And so there's a couple of key things like that, in addition to the fact that we are also going to be building more diverse housing. And that's been one of the issues in Vancouver is that we've seen the plethora of luxury condos being built all over the city that are unaffordable. We need to diversify that and build housing for regular people, for seniors, for young families, for millennials. And in the next little while, we're going to be announcing a really exciting program for millennials to be able to get into the housing market in Vancouver. We've seen over the last couple of years, the municipality of Vancouver, as well as the provincial and federal governments, float policies to try and shape the demand side to this housing issue. Is there anything you would change at the municipal level or promote to sort of affect or shape the demand aspect to housing? Well, I think one of the key issues at the municipal level is around zoning and taxes. That that's what we have jurisdiction over. And there's been a couple of issues that have happened uh, that you know, as recently as yesterday, with the upzoning of the whole city of Vancouver, where they're doing this random uh, all of city zoning, which is completely reckless. And so I want to really focus on the fact that zoning should happen within neighborhoods. It should happen with the consultation of neighborhoods. And because these are people's homes. So we believe very strongly in neighborhood first, in consultation with the neighborhoods, to develop a plan where density can happen in a very organized and planned way, and not to do this sort of whole scale reckless, uh, you know, across the city zoning where it's going to, in fact, destroy our neighborhoods. And so that's one of the issues. And the second issue is around taxes. People don't know that there's 107 taxes that get applied to housing in Vancouver. 107 taxes. And so often that would mean if you're building a house, $600,000 of that build is taxes to the city. And if you're building an apartment block or something like that, you're looking at 54, 57% is taxes to the city. Hmm. That's what's making housing unaffordable. And these are all issues that we're going to be addressing when we get to city hall. Would you be reducing taxes? Is that your yes, solution? Yes, absolutely. And we're going to be reducing taxes from day one because one of the, our platform planks is that we're going to be having free parking on Sundays and free parking after 8 p.m. And we believe that that's going to help small businesses as well because so many people are leaving Vancouver to go shopping or to go have dinner or whatever it happens to be because they don't want to pay for the parking. And that's very common. I hear it all over. And so we are going to help small businesses and support them by taking this critical first step. So there will be a tax break for Vancouverites on day one.
Parking is a source of revenue, of course, for the city. What funds would make up any lost revenue from, say, having free parking after certain hours? Well, we know that we're going to get significant savings from a series of things that we're doing. One is we are not going to be tearing down the Georgia and Dunsmuir viaducts. That's a $4.5 billion spend that's on the books that we will not be doing because we there's no need for it. We're not going to be selling that city land off to uh, developers or big business and et cetera. So that is number one. The second thing is we're going to be doing a financial audit for the city. We know that there's going to be savings to be had. There's a lot of waste that's going on there and pet projects that have been instigated over the last decade. So we're going to be doing a financial audit. And the third piece to that is really around the fact that we need to be looking at savings everywhere. So part of this is streamlining the permitting process at the city, which is a nightmare. I mean, so many builders and developers and people don't even want to deal with the city anymore because it's a complete maze and it's gone out of control. So we are going to be streamlining the permitting process at the city as well. I think it's fair to say out of 21 mayoral candidates, you really distinguish yourself as a candidate who has come out strongly against bike lanes, specifically in certain areas. Tell me why you're against bike lanes and why you're advocating for removing certain lanes. Well, as an international city, Vancouver has to be um, moving. And one of the key things that's happened over the last decade is that there's been an ideological war on transportation in the city where uh, there's been specific Specific things like certain separated bike lanes, as we've seen, that block traffic and impede people's ability to get around the city. And so we are going to be ripping out the bike lane in front of the Vancouver General Hospital for obvious reasons, because it's impeding uh, the access of people that need to get to the hospital. So that bike lane is clearly ridiculous. The second bike lane that we're going to get be getting rid of is the redundant one at, on the Canby Bridge because there's already a bike lane on the Canby Bridge. And the third one is the planned one that is a 12-foot asphalt <laughs> bike lane that they're going to put right through a kid's play area in Kitts Beach. I mean, really? So that one we're not going to be moving forward with as well. And then we're going to be doing an audit on all the other bike lanes because this has been such an interesting issue for the city. People have approached me from all over and they've come to me and said, the bike lane in front of my business or my house doesn't work. You know, and I can't get out of my driveway. It's become more dangerous, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to be doing a bike audit as well. Do you know how much it would cost to remove a bike lane and how long it would take to do so? Well, I think it'd certainly take a lot faster to remove it and cheaper than it was to put it up. The bike lane in front of the Vancouver General Hospital was $4.5 million. In terms of other transportation priorities, we have a regional strategy that takes us to 2040 and includes supporting LRT in Surrey as well as the extension of the Broadway Corridor Line. Is that something you'd support as mayor? I think transportation is a big issue, clearly, and so we would be certainly supporting the Broadway line, but we would support it to go all the way out to the university. I think that that's a critical piece, and we would be looking at uh, ways to work with communities and businesses so that it would be built in a planned way. You mentioned what you're going to do for small businesses. Uh, Generally, let's talk about what your value proposition is for businesses in the city of Vancouver. What would they get? What could they expect from Wei Young as mayor? Well, uh, that's actually a a very exciting question for me because we've been meeting with small businesses and the business improvement associations. And a lot of Vancouverites don't know this, but in fact, businesses pay five times the amount of property taxes, 
and all of that mm-hmm. than regular people. And so for that, they get absolutely nothing. So if there's an issue with the business and they have uh, to phone into City Hall, they have to wait in line like everybody else. So one of the key things that we're going to be doing to support small businesses, because we have to support our businesses to stay. We've seen the big exodus. I don't think there's any neighborhoods, even along Robson Street, where we don't see for lease signs and where businesses have had to fold up and leave the city because it's become unaffordable for them as well. So in order to support them, we're going to be putting in measures such as a hotline specifically for small businesses. So if they have an issue with the city, they get direct service. And that is what they should get for paying five times as much. So there's going to be that and a whole number of other things that we're going to be putting in place to support businesses. And so we're very excited about the fact that we are going to have to address this. We're going to have to address this in a holistic way because it's not just about taxes and, and rents and property, but it's also about affordability for the workers. And we all know that that's a huge issue. So that is when why when you tie that into our housing policy, which we'll be announcing shortly, it's going to be a fantastic opportunity for businesses to really um, be vibrant again in the city. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that the multiple of property taxes that businesses pay compared to, say, residents in Vancouver. You mentioned also earlier the idea of championing certain tax breaks or reducing taxes. Would you support reducing taxes for commercial enterprises and on commercial real estate? I think, again, that's one that's part of the uh, financial audit of the city. We're going to look at ways that we can incentivize businesses to either come grow or remain in the city. And the other thing that we haven't talked about is the high tech sector, which is very fledgling and it's fantastic in Vancouver, but it can be a lot more as we move into the future in 2040, as you said. So I think we're going to incentivize growth of the high tech sector by leveraging relationships with different businesses and different sectors. And so these are all leadership roles that the mayor and city council can and should be taking, not just locally, but internationally or Canada-wide. And these are things that I've been used to as a member of Parliament is uh, representing Canada, representing the fact that we have so much to offer to the world. And if I am mayor of Vancouver, I will certainly be doing that and uh, leveraging all of the assets and the resources of our city to share it with the world. This leads me perfectly into my next question. Of course, small businesses, medium-sized businesses are struggling in Vancouver, but we also know that we probably need to do more as a city and a region to attract larger companies and to retain larger companies in a city that is dealing with severe affordability issues. What would be your value proposition or your pitch to larger businesses that want to set up or want to stay in Vancouver? Well, I think that we will certainly be uh, supporting that. We'll be looking at uh, attracting those kinds of large businesses. We will not be spending millions of taxpayer dollars to litigate the Trans Mountain Pipeline, for example. We will not be uh, anti-business and pro-big government, such as uh, the socialist Kennedy Stewart. We will be supporting businesses in Vancouver, as well as big businesses, to come and invest. And that is a big thing, because I think that when companies, uh, larger companies, international companies, see the kinds of socialist uh, taxes and the kinds of socialist dictatorships and ideological war and transportation modes and all of that sort of thing that's going on in the city, that's what leads them to pause, to say, we don't want to invest here because we don't know what the environment's going to be. 
And I think that that's what we need to do is be pro-business, support our small businesses all the way up to the big businesses so that we can begin to thrive. One of the critical things about the affordability, linking this back up to people in the city, is that there aren't enough high-paying jobs in the city. We seem to have this high-tech sector where, you know, there's good wages there, but then we've got this low-wage sector where people uh, are finding it very unaffordable to live here. We need to fill that gap in the middle. That's that missing middle, and we need to fill it fast because that is one of the things that is driving our young people, our young families to leave this city. So on that note, what would you then do differently to try and attract big businesses to invest in Vancouver? I think that we have to look at stability. We look. At, we have to look at incentives. We have to look at the fact that we're not going to be, uh, you know, spending millions of dollars fighting a, trans, a pipeline that isn't even in the city. We're not going to be doing um, things like imposing taxes like the school tax, which, uh, you know, is a, is a capital grab of people's, you know, personal income. I, so there's a lot of things like that that we are going to have to be fighting Victoria about, certainly, instead of working with Victoria. I think that if uh, people in Vancouver vote for a socialist government like we have in Victoria, that's where, you know, we have to really, as a business sector, double down on wondering what is Vancouver going to be about where are we going to grow to? Because it's going to frighten business and investment away. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, just days in advance of the municipal election, we'll have the legalization of recreational marijuana here in Canada. We have a number of illegal dispensaries currently operating in the city, and they'll continue to be illegal dispensaries after legalization because it has to do with whether they follow the rules or not. If elected, how would you deal with these businesses? I think first off, I'd like to say that I know that there's a, some a court case going on with the um, the the dispensaries that are not legal currently, and I support that. Certainly, if they're not legal, they don't have business licenses, they should not be in the city. But we do have very robust smoking. We have very robust drug laws in the city of Vancouver. There are places that you can't smoke, for example. So I would say that those laws are obviously laws that we would adhere to. Uh, you know, it shouldn't be any different in terms of smoking cigarette or smoking marijuana and et cetera. We should be adhering to those laws most definitely. But I think that clearly we need to uh, protect our communities and protect our children. So as we transition into this new legalization, which is something uh, clearly that the federal government is supporting and putting in place, we need to be very careful, again, in working with neighborhoods to make sure that some of these dispensaries are put in places where they're accessible to people still, but where they protect the community and protect the children. Mm -hmm. Affordability, which is a key part of your platform and something you're trying to address, it, it really is in many ways a regional issue. If elected, how would you work with your counterparts in other cities to try and address, say, transportation, affordability issues that are regional in nature? I think that that's where being a member of parliament is a huge benefit because we are used to working regionally and looking at some bigger issues regionally. For example, when I was a member, I brought uh, the Asia-Pacific Gateway, which is a $1.3 billion spend to uh, do the whole infrastructure around the ports and the roads and et cetera into B.C., 
and Alberta. So I think that that just goes to show my strength in having worked in, in that milieu before. And so I actually very much look forward to going to Metro Vancouver and to working with the region to look at planning and looking at supporting our municipalities and ways that we can work together to really build our our communities as well as to really um, have this huge giant role that we are very, very fortunate to have as being on the Pacific Rim and being in such a beautiful city like Vancouver. Given your experience, of course, you know the the economic importance of the port to our region, but also our country. And in Metro Vancouver, we're dealing with an industrial land supply crunch. As Mayor of Vancouver, how would you move to address that? What kinds of policies would you champion to, to try and maybe alleviate some of the concerns and pressure that businesses in the industrial space are facing? I think that um, one of the best things that I was able to do in traveling as a member of parliament was seeing how other countries and other cities address this issue. And I know that in Canada, we have some of the most robust, uh, you know, standards and and uh, laws possible. But you're right. I mean, Vancouver's land is very limited. And that is why, as mayor, we will not sell, once again, <laughs> we will not sell another square inch of city land. And so that would be something that we would certainly be looking at because we know that the city plan has not been updated for decades. We know that the, the current uh, city hall has been doing spot zoning throughout the city without consultation with neighborhoods and people. That is one of the things that we are all about. I wrote and implemented the social planning guide for BC, and that was incorporating social plan planning into the municipal act. And the premise for that is we need to build cities around people, around how we use our land. It's not the other way around. And so that's what I'm all about, having, you know, written this <laughs> guide and, and traveled across BC, to, you know, to help different communities implement it, is we need to do that in Vancouver much more instead of spot zoning and dictating to neighborhoods that it's a done deal. No, we need to start at the community level to say, this is what this part of the city or your neighborhood, let's, we ne know we need to densify and we know we need to have purpose-built Rent, rentals as well as purpose-built seniors and different kinds of uh, purpose-built buildings as well as industrial land, as you say. So let's, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's work together and, and make sure that this happens. But let's not sell off any more of our land so that we can make it happen. How do you balance, say, really consulting and engaging with communities who may very well want different things depending on where they are and, and who's in the community with also having a level of consistency? So if you're a developer working throughout the region, you know that it's not going to be too, too drastically different or surprising if you go from one community to the next. Well, that's where I think that uh, the city permitting department has completely fallen down. The city planning department has completely fallen down because there is no consistency at all. It, it's kind of like an Alice in Wonderland maze. And we've all heard these stories. So I, I think that that's where... We need to uh, do a review of the planning and permitting process. We need to streamline that. We need to have tangible, real uh, standards, real uh, outcomes for people to, to know with confidence that when they put together their development plans and their development permits, that they know with some kind of reasonable assurance, one, that uh, it meets, you know, what our, 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 um, 
what our metrics are going to be. And secondly, that it's going to be approved within a reasonable time frame. It's completely impossible that we ask developers and builders and even people who want to renovate to put their entire lives on hold for a year or, or two years and the horror stories go up to five or six or 14 years. And that's not helping businesses. That's not helping affordability in the city. So I think that you're absolutely right, Haley. I think it's a, a matter of having consistency, having known standards, not having big business special interests, unions, backroom boys, directing things behind the scenes. We are all about transparency at Coalition Vancouver. That's why we formed this party. We're all about transparency, accountability, and collaboration with the people. And our tagline and our goal is to work with the people, which is why we are not like the other parties with uh, their mysterious uh, big business uh, people, because who, who knows who's going to be directing those people. And we know, in fact, who's going to be directing Kennedy Stewart afterwards. It's going to be the socialists and the unions. So with us, it's, we really are 100% for the people and we're being supported by people. And I want to thank them for this. Way, I want to thank you for coming in today and best of luck on the campaign. Thank you so much, Haley. That's Way Young, Vancouver mayoral candidate with Coalition Vancouver. And that's it for our show. Thanks for listening to BIV today. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at BIV.com, where you can find more business news. Subscribe for more election coverage. We'll be back tomorrow. 